Welcome to the New Earth Architectress, where we'll be exploring together what is an architectress, what is the new earth, and how is the evolution in consciousness paving the way for your leading role in architecture. I'm your host, Aisha Rose Melody Hassan, and I'm so excited to share with you what's possible when you lead a prospering design practice aligned with spirit and your divine calling. If you're a woman architect or designer who's hearing a deep call to take your stand as an ancient temple builder of the future, welcome. Now is the time and we are the ones. Hey, and welcome to the next episode of the New Earth Architectress podcast. Yay, we've got a really unique and amazing pioneer he uh, on the show as a guest. He is a Dutch rocket scientist and the co-founder of GaiaNet. This is a community of uh, pattern breakers, change agents, rebels, scientists, shamans, healers that have come together to build the new earth in a totally radical new way, uh, which is not dependent on external systems or governments. They are building the new earth from the ground up. And uh, we're going to hear about incredible new earth projects that are now being birthed by by this this uh, this community. So I'm so, so delighted to invite in uh, Dan Gorter. I don't know if I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Goethe or Gorter? Gorter, yeah. <laughs> Gorter, okay. Dan Gorter. Uh, so, so delighted to have you on the show. Uh, and I'm so glad that we connected when I uh, came across, well, when you when you uh, introduced yourself to me and I came across Guy Annette, uh, I was just blown away. It was like this whole portal of in, an incredible network of organizations that you're gathering under this beautiful umbrella uh, that is that all these organizations devoted to building the new earth in so many different ways, so many different facets, whether it be through design and architecture, uh, ecological, um, you know, uh, concepts or, you know, agriculture, uh, whether it be even like, um, you know, open source systems and, you know, software and banking, you know, just like all, all aspects of, of life, of economy, of, uh, it's just, I was just blown away. And so I had to get you on the show. <laughs> Uh, and uh, to hear about the incredible projects that you're working on. Um, I would love to hear first for audience member members who don't know you, how you birthed or co-founded GaiaNet and what is what is your vision for, for the new earth? What, what, what are you working on? I don't, of course. Well, thanks for inviting me on the podcast. It's really lovely to be here. Um... So yeah, we started GaiaNet in March 2020 in the Netherlands. It was when uh, Corona hit there and we had the first lockdowns. And uh, through actually a variety of magical synchronicities, I came in contact with a few of the other co-founders. And we had some group meetings with 10, 15, 20 other people in there. And the main topic of the conversation was, look, we all recognize that the old world is coming to an end. 
And this is probably the beginning of that ending. This is a really major global event. And we are going to see more and more cracks in the foundations of the old systems. Mm. And um, now what? You know, what are we going to do about it? Because it's like our house is on fire and people are painting the bathroom. But it's not going to, that's not going to do the job. Some other people say like, ah, oh, we're heading straight for that iceberg with the Titanic. And we are reshuffling the salt, silverware right. on the Titanic. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, it makes no sense. So we need a radical change and a radical transformation. And I was personally looking for these kinds of people for many years already, but I didn't find anybody who dared to have a grandiose vision that it's actually possible to create a massive transformation in our socio-economical systems. And so the, the main finding that we had in these groups was all the solutions already exist. This is really our belief. All the people are there. The projects are there. But what's missing is the connective tissue between them. They're all very siloed. They don't know about each other. But we all are convinced that if we are to create this massive change, we need to collaborate at scale and do this without the abuse of power, without the old structures, in a new way that's more yeah. harmonious, that creates more group flow and allows for purpose to be our guide instead of other incentives. So that's why mm -hmm. we started GaiaNet. We ended up with six people in the Netherlands. And uh, yeah, that's that That was our, our beginning point. Oh, wow. That's, that's beautiful. And I love how you share... Uh, instead of these projects or organizations or individuals being in these kind of siloed, siloed off, that there needs to be this 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 common connectivity. And it sounds to me like then the group work uh, behind, you know, working in community is is a is a big priority for for you. Um, otherwise, what? Yeah. Otherwise, what? Yeah. What? I mean, really, what, what, I mean, how are you seeing now that working, testing this out on the ground, you know, instead of kind of, I, cause I see that you are all, your, your group is actually, you know, meeting regularly, you're, 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 um, you're about to start working uh, in a project in Brazil, right. Uh, and actually doing the work necessary to build these new communities, these new cities, these new systems. Um, why is it important to work together in a group? Because the main configuration that humanity finds itself in now is that of the market and the state. Hmm. And we have a so-called free market that's regulated by a state with a monopoly on violence. And the only metric that we're really optimizing for in the current configuration is profit. And the only metric that indicates success for a population is GDP. And because of these generator functions, as they're called, we are facing a meta crisis. There is a multitude of crises that are all seem all separate. Biodiversity loss, pollution, uh, economic inequality, uh, power or... struggles, or... All these things, they all actually have these generator functions underneath them that are small groups of people all intertwined. They're, they're working. Just, yeah, and yeah. they're eating off of it. Uh, that's just yeah. as you speak, I can see these beings, um, the beings behind those people that are literally just devouring that the, the people, um, souls. Uh, yeah. And, and usurping, usurping us. Yeah. 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 And that in definition is against life. It's life destroying. 
And we need to transition to something that's life affirming and life supporting. Mm. And one of the primary things is, is the abuse of power of this, this state holding the control over the market and over the population and making these rules and regulations with. It's a bit of a false ideology that we live in a, in a democratic world because when you go look really deep, why this is a very made? light, light way for you to well, say I'm it. being a little mild, you know, because. <laughs> Don't need to shock too much, but yeah, this is what I, we saw at the beginning. Like one of the problems is this vertical hierarchy. So we want to yeah. break that and we want to unlearn that. So we started with internally with the principles of self-organization, using holacracy and having roles instead of managers and C-suite and a director and all these things. Right. We wanted to empower ourselves. And that's how we started off. But we soon enough found many other projects that working on the decentralization of power and authority and how can we better manage the resources on the planet equally and transparently so we don't get this extreme class division between right. groups of people on the planet. Wow, incredible, beautiful. So with all that then as a base, um, as a real, you know, one of your the the core purposes of of this this mission that you and Guyanet and and the community that you're working with is on um with that then what is your vision for the cities of the future the communities of the future so basically a different configuration instead of a market state configuration we are talking about a community type configuration of society and that means one that is based on the values of justice, freedom, and efficiency, and that promotes all life and includes all stakeholders, including all beings that reside, physical and non-physical. And that will be a configuration of society that looks at what are the resources that are available and then use advanced technologies, computing, AI, all these forms to look at what are the needs of the population and to optimize the available resource to fulfill the needs of the people, which is what we should be doing altogether. We all have these basic set of needs. We right. all want to be healthy. We all need a roof. We all want to have uh, nutritious right. food. Basic, uh, yeah. We want to grow. We want to evolve. We all have a set of basic needs, basically. And we need to allocate resources to the optimization of the fulfillment of those needs. And that's what that kind of a society is going to look like. It's going to feel like that mm -hmm. you're going to have open access to get the resources to grow to the next stage. And the system will have been designed to optimize for not only individual flow, but also group flow, team flow, societal flow neighborhood flow you know that we get the sense of true community again and by that actually restoring our connection to the sacredness of life because one of the diseases or generator functions is that we have the illusion of separation and because of this illusion of separation that we are individual and because of the great american dream that you can accomplish anything you want but it's always at the cost of something else and yeah. that is not being told I'm just when seeing pictures of, you know, I grew up in Toronto of all the drug addicts and alcoholism, you know, people lying on the streets, you know, uh, old people forgotten about, um, you know, it. it's just like, is this what a democratic society is, right? Yeah, yeah. Incredible. And how would money work in your, are you exploring what, what, uh, the new because that's I, I feel it it's coming Dan I mean it already is 
I mean, there's shifts occurring. I, I mean, I'm not an expert in this, but shifts occurring already within the current banking system. But you know, just briefly, I know that you know the people listening are interested in in seeing and hearing about the architecture and the vision. But I think money is really important to talk about here as well. Yeah, of course, it's the main source of uh, need right? fulfillment right now yeah. on the planet through this market and through this state configuration is how we deal with the energy of money. And it's a big subject in our team, the conversation around this. I have a very clear picture and a vision of what it's going to look like in a thousand years from now. Right. And that is kind of my anchor. And that yeah. is also, I'm together with a Brazilian woman. Her name is Marinisi. And she has many visions of the future. She's a very clear channel. And she has many dreams and visions on a regular basis of what this new paradigm is going to look like. Wow. And that's going to be an integrated network of city systems that optimize for needs fulfillment, which will transcend the concepts of trade and money and interaction and having to buy things and it's almost unbelievable to imagine it you know but what if we can create a world so where we transcend yeah where we just don't need to trade together anymore but because of our contribution if we can make our contribution visible and we work with our merit and we can show how much good somebody has done for others and that gives them more access or more privilege or whatever and that would be the incentive to do good would give you more access to more things is very different than trying to just dominate, extract as much as you can. And, you know, so yeah. the, the far, far future is something like what you see in Star Trek, where you have a federation yeah. of planets and yeah. where there is just no more money needed. Yeah. And as you speak, well, I love, first of all, Star Trek and Star Wars. I'm a huge fan. Um, and I could just see that... Um, as you speak, Dan, um, and also what you're telling me, your partner, I mean, what a gift, what a blessing to have someone like her who sees the future and who uh, is a deep into it. And she has this vision for the cities and, and you as well, having that anchored vision in the future. It's really beautiful. A lot of people work with the past frame of reference to vision. So, because they only measure according to what is possible from the old paradigm structure. So it's really beautiful that you just said, my, that's my anchor, the vision that I see for the, you know, what's going to come in a thousand years. I got shivers when you said that. Um, and as you were sharing, I, I, I tuned into also, actually, we experience that reality when we are giving from our hearts. Um, they're kind of these 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 kind of mini explosions of abundance that occur when we I don't know um, take care of a tree or uh, take some time you know take time to help someone in need on the street or uh, you know so this act of um, doing something, it could be also creating a, a, a work of beauty. It could be also uh, creating an artwork. But what I was hearing too is that the angelic realm and the nature spirits, they see that too. And they help to increase the abundance for humanity when that occurs. Because they, I mean, magic is real. And so portals open, time bends, encounters occur with people who you would have never encountered before in your life 
just when you do an act of kindness, or I don't like that word. I'm deleting that. I don't like the word kindness. It, people use that so much. They use that all the time in Canada with COVID. There was this pressure to be kind. So I'm deleting that word, but an act of love, an act of creation, an act of beauty. Um, and, and then you talk about beings, you know, seen and unseen that are all part, they're all stakeholders. And this is something that I brought through the, with the Sacred Blueprint system, Dan, that I've birthed. And I'm uh, applying to my architecture projects and, and training other women architects and designers through this unique modality. And it was, it was I realized, Dan, that, um, oh my God, the building code has to completely change. Right? Totally. It has to completely change. Like, wait a second, we're not working with the being of place. We're not working with the spirit of place. We're not work. We're not listening to the devas in the landscape. We're not, we're not doing any honoring like our indigenous brothers and sisters would do. I'm referring more to my Canadian indigenous brothers and sisters as I was uh, born and raised there. Now I'm in Turkey, but all ancient cultures around the world. It was like a standard you know, protocol and also to work in community was standard. So um, whether or not some communities were successful or not, and I'm sure, you know, there were hierarchies, I'm not trying to make it all romantic and, you know, a rainbow picture here. But um, anyway, that just that just opened up that whole flow for me here. And uh, um, I think we we just really what you're sharing with me further anchors in how important uh, our responsibility as human beings is and how deeply connected we are to the spiritual world and nature and when we do connect with pure hearts that uh the right um information and flow of income and money will come. Uh, but I know that you're also working on some specific mechanics, specific mechanics around the money as well, um, that it's not just about, you know, doing manifestation work and that it'll come, no. but there's, there's an actual system. We need to be grounded as well. That's the masculine. We need the masculine to get this thing <laughs> built, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, I would love for you to share uh, some of the projects that you're working on. I'm just going to allow you to share screen. Um, so for for listeners who are listening via the podcast, feel free to continue listening. And I invite you uh, to not turn off, like to not pause the uh, the recording, but I invite you to use your imagination when Dan is speaking about the images that he's sharing on, on screen. Next, after you listen to the podcast episode, I invite you to go hop on over to my YouTube channel and actually then watch uh, the video so that you can see, see what Dan is sharing here. So Dan, I would love to see some of the projects that you're working on. Uh, go ahead. So yeah, I will start with our website here, which is guynet.earth. 
and um, we are here to grow the roots of a new earth and that means for us to create this mycelium underground from which up this new reality can emerge and we are here to provide this uh, this network of people underneath there so the last three years we have been holding hundreds of networking calls and trying to find these projects that are working towards a large transformation and um, we use the wheel of co-creation by Barbara Marks Hubbard, which you see here. And uh, yeah, the, the idea is Martin Luther King spoke about this, you know, that those who love peace need to get just as good at organizing as those who love war. Oh. So therefore, we set on a mission to organize all this information and these wow. projects and to help them find each other. Um, some of the projects in here, one is the Alpha Omega Foundation of my wife which has a vision to create 144 light cities, wow. which we're going to look. Um, these are some architectural drawings of one of, what one of these projects could look like. And this is one of the images of what such a system mm. could look like with a centralized place. But it's all including sacred geometry, spirals, the four directions, earth and sky to bring this all into harmony because we understand that geometry and shape is the way to mimic the true understanding of the universe. If we look at mm. the platonic solids and if mm. you zoom in and zoom out, you see all the same shapes and structures and we are not building like that at the moment. So no. yeah. that is the Alpha Omega project. That's that one. And another really promising is the Aravana project here who have developed a set of socio-technical standards. It's a set of design documents which describe how the current configuration of society works it yep. peels it apart and then it explains how we can create something that is dynamic and evolutionary and all of the next steps feed into the other system. So it's a whole systems designed for creating a community type society. And the basic premise of this project, the basic steering values are freedom, justice and efficiency. So we need to get better at managing our resources and uh, and fulfilling the needs of humanity. And that's what this project is about. It's very big. Go to aravana.org to see more materials and find these standards. It's an open source project. Fantastic. Um, and then, yeah, there are so many other projects that I could go I know, go I'm just into. looking at all these logos, and but they're all so beautiful too. You know, like Time of the Six Sun, Sounds True waking up the world that's what I was talking about when I first encountered your website I was like whoa this is like yeah. and I and thank you for getting organized just like the yeah. quote from Martin Luther King it's so beautiful wow yeah so and we've developed a tool which is this this is hosted on catalyst.network you can go there and find Guyanet and this is what we call our trove, our treasure chest, which shows all the projects and their locations on the planet. Wow. And you can click on a project and then it will show on the sidebar a description of the project, in which wow. sector they are, what's the status of the project, are they scaling up or not, and where do we find them? And then there's ways to come in contact with them also. Incredible. So this could also be a really great way for people who are searching to live in community to access this and to contact those specific Absolutely. locations and perhaps even live, uh, depending Absolutely. on the stage of the project, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So here I'm opening randomly, it's called Alma do Solo, and they're located in the Azores. They're developing a regenerative village and they are doing this, designing a land trust. 
So instead of private ownership, they're asking people to invest money to jump in, but not claim any ownership over any property. And wow. to come together as a group of beings to truly learn to become a steward again of the land and to really honor the local place. So this is a very pioneering place. Also, they already acquired quite a big piece of land on the Azores, and they're further developing the legal structure. And they're running, of course, into a lot of challenges of fears of people. I'm putting money into something. Where is my security? Right, it's like, Where what? is my ownership? Yeah, yeah. But, can I, but I want to just say something about that too. But people are also investing in properties in the metaverse. Yeah, well, that's a whole thing. You know what I mean? Which is so funny, too. But people are somehow, you know, um, I don't know. There's some <laughs> have confidence in the more confidence in the metaverse than yeah. actual soil. Anyway, I just wanted to insert that. But look at all these projects. Wow. So this is another project in Portugal, the traditional dream factory. And they've already managed to put land on chain and developed an association in Switzerland, which is also the same idea of a stewardship model of the land, where you would tokenize the land with Web3 technologies and then, uh, yeah, not be a private owner anymore, but steward wow. it together. So um, that is the map here. And then the last thing I want to briefly show you is our social platform, because at the beginning we decided we didn't want to be on any of the traditional big tech social media platforms because we want to be commercial free yep. and not rob people of their attention. So we built our own social platform where we host events, um, where people can start any kind of discussion, where we have subgroups oh, around, for example, housing and infrastructure, where we show the most promising projects or information uh, in the ecosystem, like the new cities map, free cities, um, uh, also things we need to look out for, or something like this is a, a little video of the Aravena project. This oh, is great. also really lovely to see. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's sharing my audio yeah, here. It is. I can, oh, well, I don't know. If, I don't think it's sharing the audio, but we can just watch it without, you can, you can talk about it as it goes. Yeah, or? sure. So this is yeah. a, a conceptual design of a circular city based upon community standards. Um, and it shows how we can live together. This is 314 hectares for about 3,000 people, which is a combination of low density and high density living. And it's intended to be a restorative habitat integrated city system that also regenerates the lands and uses some medium density uh, technology. So high technology for becoming fully self-sustainable. And it will have this integrated urban infrastructure that optimizes efficiency and uh, effectiveness and resource efficiency. Um, this particular one is based on a mineral-based construction. So using cement in traditional forms, but there is also potentials of you using bioconstruction. Sure, yeah, yeah. And um, all these houses, buildings, and everything that you see should cover all of the basic needs, shelter, food, clothing, and energy. And it will have decision-making protocols that make it able to connect with other kinds of hubs like this to also exchange resources. Right. And then including a, a holistic farming system with rotational grazing so that it can prov provide food, fuel, and fiber. And uh, yeah, use as much automation as possible to reduce the amount of mundane work that's necessary to keep this going. 
And all of this is designed on no cars, no machines, no, no motorized vehicles and stuff based on inclusion and accessibility for everybody to walk everywhere and the, the highest level of freedom of possible for people. So without coercion, with true justice for all stakeholders, alive, non-alive, physical and non-physical, and optimizing for efficiency so that we need to use less of the resource with a goal in the end to even come like fully circular. This will take a few decades huh, to get to sure, a point where course. we are yeah. but we need to make a beginning. Absolutely. So, uh, wow. And it and, will have high sport, yeah. uh, yeah. rapid mass transportation between this hub and other hubs. And the goal of this one also is to create a finite boundary for a living environment. In instead of getting urban sprawl and everything just like, like the right. cities are evolving right now, we say like it's for this amount of people and that's the maximum and that's it. And then you start a new hub somewhere. Right. Huh? Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, so that it's not it's not going beyond its capacity. I mean, I'm just thinking about in Turkey how much of a me like megapolis Istanbul is. It's just everyone's yeah. like like about to kill each other. I mean, I'm I'm not I don't want to make a vast generalization because it's such a rich city. It's beautiful, but it's getting to a point where it's just so overpopulated that uh people uh just can't take it anymore so uh, that's beautiful that there's this um okay what is that optimal capacity uh and then when do you start rebuilding you talk about automation automating the the systems is this then also employing ai and robots and working in a way that uh, you know, in a way that it's like, okay, well, let's increase our abundance and make life easier rather than, you know, always having to overwork, overstrain. What what would that look like? Because it's a it's a pretty important topic now, you know, AI. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of existential risks that come with AI sure. development, of course, and that's a big, it's part of the meta crisis that we are facing. Um, but again, I think I want to refer you to Star Trek. What does that look like? Yeah, you you have uh, something in the wall where you can materialize food. Yeah, right. it, it may. It, so we need to continue our evolution of technology, but it yeah. needs to be human centrically designed. Human centered, yeah. yeah human centered design, really from the heart. And yeah. if it does that, then technology is also just a tool. And if we are to come in harmony with our with our environment, and we want to, uh, uh, yeah, provide food, shelter, education, everything for eight billion people or more. We have to go on the route of technology. There is no way we can go on the uh, the route of uh, yeah, all having one hectare and growing our own food forest and be all happy and build with dirt. And no, we have to evolve further, and it has to outcompete yeah. the current paradigm of efficiency and living together on a smaller piece of land. And that can only be done with advanced computing. And the big inspiration for this, of course, is Jacques Fresco from the Venus Project, who already envisioned oh, this wait, in the was this Was he in the Zeitgeist movie? Uh-huh. The yeah. Zeitgeist yeah, movie yeah. was inspired by his work. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I remember when you were sharing uh, the, about the automation, he he saw that the key to freedom and to abundance was through, the of you know, course. having robots. Well, I'm just seeing also in terms of architecture, too, the... The, the the incredible opportunity for robots to be pouring you know you've seen these probably maybe even some of your collaborators are working on it and developing it um you know the clay the clay walls the massive clay walls that are now being poured by robots and 
you know, the amount of uh, beauty that we can build actually in cooperation with technology is infinite. Uh, but then how do we bring that human touch that, you know, uh, the doorknob that's hand carved, you know, I think just, you know, really bridging that both the, the hand, the touch of the hand with technology uh, is yeah. the key. It's really the key. Yeah, um, we need to re re revive the age of beauty. Huh? We have really yeah. lost the beauty through nihilism oh. and the postmodern movement and stuff. And it, like Brasilia here in Brazil is a good example of a city without a soul because it's designed with the philosophy that a human being is a mecha mechanic thing that needs a, a parking garage, basically. It's really horrible, eh? but that's how they designed it. And they're like really low ceilings yeah. you know, in yeah. those garages. Well, I'm just thinking about Le Corbusier too, the modernism. There was Adolf Luce too. I was just having a conversation with one of my colleagues and fr dear friends who is a permaculture, uh, like the permaculture guy in Turkey. And he's also an architect. And it, we were talking about, what was it? Ornament is a crime. Ornament is a crime. It's a book by Adolf Luce. I don't know if you know that book, but- No, but it sounds horrible. It, yeah. You know, on one hand, I get it because of the whole gold Rococo stage and it starts getting out of hand with all the gold in the churches and the curly, you know, it starts to get overload. But this, um, it, what's really important is to actually feel and witness and see the movement of energy flowing through buildings and actually have that expressed in the architecture. And when you express it in the architecture, also energy starts to get amplified. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we, look, we know about free energy now. I'm sure some of your collaborators, maybe even your group has access to uh, people who are involved with doing uh, free energy work. Um, and uh, it's there um it's it's we were we were we were producing it uh we had access to very high technologies in past incarnations and past epochs um and i think it's time that we also really get and understand that us human beings had that capacity it's not like we were uh invaded by aliens and blah 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 and this and that although okay sure we are connected with other beings and other galaxies, but um, yeah, the capacity to create architecture that generates energy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Look, there was Nikolai Tesla more than a hundred years ago, yeah? And he developed a wireless energy system where we could just tap it out of the field. The earth yeah. is a great dynamo, but he was shut down because yeah. there was, too big of other people who were going to lose a lot of money who yeah. shut that down. And that keeps yeah. happening over and over because of this incentive structure that we have on the planet. Yeah. Corporations so. want to make their money. They want to make their money through war. They want to make their money through yeah. energy. Oh, great. This is BioArk. Um, I forget his name um, now. Juan Schlosser. Yeah, yeah. Schlosser. So, yes. <laughs> so they really looked in the energetics of buildings. And this is also based on what we find in a lot of ancient scriptures, how consciousness works in the different stages of awakening mm. and evolution to enlightenment. And that's in these seven stages. And, and these all look like antennas, no? 
So yeah. they really focus on the energetics of buildings, including the sacred right. geometries. And we are seeing something like this incorporated in the video I showed you of Aravena, where you have this circular city, but it has to be aesthetically beautiful because it's very clear for our well-being. We need beauty around us. We, we, are, it's a we are just uplifted yeah. by beauty, you know, and if we fail to see that we need to incorporate that into the creation of the new, then it's not going to work. Uh, whoever's so is listening, definitely watch the YouTube video because Dan is showing some really beautiful images from Schlosser's, Juan Schlosser's work. The BioArc uh, group, I believe, isn't he in Bali right now? He's in Bali, correct. Yeah. All right, yeah. So the uh, these incredible connectors and details that he's developed, right, with bamboo and... Uh, Incredible, yeah. Yeah, and it's really based on the uh, energetics of systems. Eh? They are not just, uh, there's not just some idealism. They are really looking at how this works at the energetic level and what can be measured and the vibrations and how this works in shapes and forms. So yeah. this is a very promising project. They have already built several hubs worldwide in Indonesia specifically, but also in other places. Fantastic. Um, and for example, one of the people in the network of my wife, his name is Marshall Lupin. And he is the professor of sacred geometry architecture at the McKinsey University in Sao Paulo. Oh. And he is going to be one of our main partners for building our first prototype light city here in Brazil. Fantastic. And he truly understands how consciousness evolves. And when you move into a building, how you can just feel like, wow. Wow. Like what we have in churches now, in a way, there's yeah, another dense a, energy there. But if yeah. you let go of the dogma and the religion and you walk sure. into this building with open mind and open heart, you can feel elevated. Absolutely. Yeah. We incorporate that in our city structures and make it monumental, make it like a temple space, the whole That's, living environment. And it's going it. to affect everybody living there. We need that. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah, this this how you talk about entering into the church space that there was a an energetic mechanics also behind that yeah. and your aura expands and yeah, the the dowsers and the architects back in the day, they knew the tools to how to locate the building um uh, along ley lines, along certain intersections of underground water. Uh, uh, over blind springs, you know, the altar of the east end of the church or, or you know, whatever uh, uh, spiritual kind of uh, temple space it is. And um, yeah, we've lost that that capacity. Uh, and yeah. uh, so, so great that you're working with architects that have the, uh, the know-how. Yeah. Yeah. To, so to that's why my space. wife has been receiving messages that we need to create high energy points mm. of living and being mm. on mm. the most energetic point, the acupressure mm. points of our planet and yeah. interconnect them and build these kind of geometries there so we can reactivate the energetic grid around the planet and actually transition to the next dimensional way of being. So this yeah. is the long-term vision of building this network and emerging this new earth. It's a combination of a uh, consciousness evolution of the of the masses in combination with the physical redesign of our living structures combined with the redesign of the social architecture how we relate to each other and how we relate to resources and use them for our need fulfillment so oh, that kind of brings the full yeah. circle so yeah. powerful so powerful and so important uh i mean many of the the journeys that i lead um 
the, the women that I mentor on when we do our group journeying together or when I'm one-on-one, -on -one, often we do receive similar visions where, where there's this whoosh, like, no, the architecture that you need to create relates to another temple, relates to another one, relates to another, and that there's this big uh, grid communication points between the two. But like you said in the beginning, if we're doing it in silo mode, right, we need to know about each other. And uh, thank you for, you know, your work that you're doing with GaiaNet. And thank you for being organized and organizing and uh, pulling together all of these incredible resources, these incredible people, these communities, and actually having an archive uh, uh, of where they're located so that whoever is hearing the call can, can connect and, and you know, taproot, right? Connect and start building the, the mycelium under the yeah. earth uh, and create this solid foundation for the new earth. Wow, I'm blown away and I'm so excited to hear more about the project that you're gonna birth in Brazil. Uh, I'm sure that you will have some videos and you know images of what stage that's in uh, so so everyone can follow yeah 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 yeah. in good time at this moment we are uh just here in in brazil in this little town building our network scouting lands we've met Fantastic. many large landowners there's about a hundred thousand hectares of land for sale of which we know of which is a thousand square kilometers which is like absurdly big in one municipality and in brazil there's so much more land for sale in other energetic hotspots also so this is a very fertile country to to do this because in europe you will not find these large lands for sale anymore so incredible kind of yeah and so yeah. i'm sure that with your partner and with your group you're also hearing like following the the signs right where to go if you know you talk about oh, totally. spots and oh. stuff right it's like what right isn't that an important piece yeah of the i did not come here on my own accord to this town i came here twice before for a, um, a plant medicine retreat there's a festival here once every two years of three weeks with many shamans from all south america they are all serving their own medicine um, I came here twice before and then in 2020 I was connected because of my project and my wife's project. Somebody was translating her document who received my document say, wow, that looks a lot alike. Should I connect you? We what? started talking and then my wife told me like, where is this? Like I asked her, where do you think the first prototype is going to be built? She said, oh, in Alto Parizo in Brazil. I was like, get out of here. It's the only place I visited in Brazil. I've been there twice, never visited anywhere else. And she's like, it's there. And from the moment we arrived there, we've oh, had wow, like insane amounts of synchronicities. We go on top of mountains. Yeah. She sees the place transformed. I've been here in ceremonies. I've had visions of, of this whole surrounding transformed into the new paradigm. This is the birthing of a new humanity. This oh. place is the heart, the spiritual heart. Of course, there's going to be many very important places on the planet, part of this network. But you could see this as like the spiritual capital of the world and other places were specialized technology in resource management in education whatever but this one is going to be about a multitude of spiritual approaches and wow, no it's been so exciting it's just magical like it's just magical. magical this is not mind driven this is only like spirit driven why we're so here wow. wow yeah well i'm feeling called to extend my gratitude to the land there as you speak uh to the mother 
Um, I'm going to call to, to, to extend my gratitude to her and thank you for um, opening her heart to, to, to all of you and to, to saying, you know, sending her whispers, right? Like yeah. built here, I, you know, and, and, and helping you to, to, to receive those visions. Absolutely. So beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Well, I've been, yeah, I've been in many places, but walking the lands here for the first time with my wife, I felt so, such a welcoming, such a warmth. Mm -hmm. No hostility, no like. What are you doing here? Like, come, bring more. That feeling, it's oh, it's very very mama. strong. Yeah, like yeah. big mama Watch arms. Me. Yeah, the mama arms. Mama arms. Oh well, so so beautiful. This this session was this talk was so moving and really congratulations uh, for all of your hard work. And I so look forward to to seeing the the next phases of manifestation of of the the incredible um systems that you're building for for the new earth uh i'm really excited and thank you so much for joining the show thank you so much yeah and so everyone knows how to reach dan we're gonna you know he shared his website and then the website is a great starting point to to access all of these incredible communities around the world um, various uh, collaborators uh, that are working uh, on the projects, including architects. So check those architects out as well to learn about, oh, what's possible? You mean, I don't need to work in conventional architecture anymore. I can actually build in a, in a new way that's, that's resilient and in tune with energetics and uh and look at how how much work these architects are getting so it's the future everyone it's the future so um we will add those links uh in the the description section of the video and the podcast below so Oops. great to have you dan and i look forward to to chatting again in the future thanks so much for having me it was right. wonderful bye Thank you for tuning into the new Earth Architectress. It's my intention to inspire more women architects and designers to come out of hiding and unleash their intuitive powers to lead a prospering design practice aligned with spirit and their divine calling while making a powerful impact on Earth. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe leave a five-star review on iTunes, and share this episode with women who you know are feeling the nudges to take the big leap and bridge spirit with design. You can find out more about me and the New Earth Architect Dress Movement by visiting AishaRoseMelodyHassan.com. Until next time, gule gule!